Hey mamas, it's Cindy and Emily and welcome to Imperfect Mom's Guide. This podcast is far from kid-friendly, so grab some earphones for you or for them. We talk all things from mental health struggles, parenting fails, and the occasional shaving of buttholes. Buckle up and get ready for the shit show. And let's get ready to talk shit, eat cake, and tell judgmental moms to mind their own motherhood. Third time is a charm. I'm hoping. We will see. (laughs) (laughs) All right, mamas. It is Cindy here, and I am here with us with our special guest this week, Alex. Hi. All right, Alex, we're just going to go ahead, jump in. We've already done this almost twice, so third time, you should have it down like a pro. Tell us about you. What do you do? What do you like to do? All, right, All the well, stuff. Like we said, my name is Alex. I have... Um, a nine-year-old bonus son and an almost two-year-old little toddler, feral little toddler. <laughs> um, I am a direct support professional um, at ICANN Missouri Foundation, so I help support um, individuals with developmental disabilities, just learn skills and keep the skills that they have. Um, I really like to read. When I have time, my toddler's not trying to take the book from me. Um, and we like swimming, you know, just camping. We do a lot of camping. Try to anyways. I completely understand. The try to. The try to. (laughs) (laughs) We also try to do a lot of things that we just are not able to do because kids or finances. One of the two. It's always one of the two. So I completely get it. So we're just going to kind of jump, go ahead and jump in. We've wasted probably 15 minutes trying to get this stupid thing to work. <laughs> oh, it, as much as I love it and I talk so good about it, some days I just really hate it and just want to throw it in the trash. I definitely get that. So I got to pull up my notes again. All right, Alex, I sent you the itinerary, and I kind of want you to start wherever you feel most comfortable, because we're going to talk about a lot of hard discussions in this one. Right. Um, so, moms, that's just a fair warning. We're going to talk, talk about some postpartum depressions, um, miscarriages, um, isolation, all that type of stuff. So if it's something that you're not interested in, I would, like, skip probably to the end where it's going to be a little funnier. Um, but we're going to just start on the hard hitters. Right. So I think our first one was postpartum depression. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're wanting to start? That's completely um, up to you. We don't have to go by the itinerary. It's just kind of bullet points of where we want to hit. Honestly, yeah, I think that might be the best place to start. Perfect. So, for me, at least, anyways, uh, let's see, we tried for maybe six months to get pregnant with Caroline, um, and so we got, I got pregnant with her, and then 
she was a pretty smooth pregnancy, but I mean, I was, I was pretty sick, but, uh, once I had her, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel depressed at all. I felt good. I mean, obviously first time out, I was nervous, but, <laughs> but I, uh, I didn't really even start to notice any signs myself until she was almost a year old. But then I, uh, last almost a year ago, yeah, almost a year ago, I just, every time she was away from me, I couldn't function. I just ball. I couldn't take care of myself anymore. And I got to the point where I was, sorry. You're good. Um, I got to the point where I just didn't even recognize myself anymore. I didn't recognize myself. I didn't, I hardly remembered the newborn stage at all, or even the few months after that. It was, and I, I, I was like, well, this can't be, this can't be postpartum depression. This, this, this can't be that, you know, like, mm-hmm invalidating my own feelings, I guess. I completely understand. When I was going through postpartum depression, I kept telling myself, oh, that happens to other people. That doesn't happen to me. Right. I wouldn't let that right. happen to me. Exactly. And I mean, it was, other people noticed it before I even did, but nobody said anything. Like, I would, lash out at Tanner and just scream and then act crazy and then I I look at it now and I'm just like how did I not notice that right how did I not notice and how did the people I mean this is from my own experience and it doesn't have to be from anybody else's but how did the people that I love not notice and if they did notice why didn't they help like I've had a lot of people in my life tell me like my sister is one of them. She's like, I had no idea that you were struggling. There were signs. Like, looking back now, it's so crazy. Right. I I and literally... I mean, like, so, thinking now, some of the signs could be just be the same as, you know, like, any mom. But, like, not wanting to go out in public or whatever. And just, but they were like, oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Times a hundred, like, being terrified to even be alone anywhere with my kids and just the severe anxiety. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then my biggest thing is I knew, like, I knew that there was something wrong. Right. But there were kind of two things that I was thinking of. One, if I tell anybody, they're going to take my baby. Right. Like, they're going to they're gonna take her from me because I'm not a fit mother because nobody fucking talks about it. And that's the hardest thing, especially being, in my case, a teen mom. Like, first mm-hmm. time teen mom, we didn't have money. Like, I didn't have the support that I have now for sure. Um, Definitely. And it's like you're, you almost feel ashamed to ask for help. You're like, 
you see other younger moms who may not fully be, but appear to be doing so much better than you. And it's like, should I be like that? Like, mm-hmm. I think social media had a lot to do with it escalating as bad as it did. In 100%. my case. I would yeah. always look online and see all these moms like doing all of this stuff and like everybody's always happy. That's not true. For 99% of moms, you fucking struggle. Right. So mine mine got really, really bad. And I like looking that. back I... now, I'm just glad that it didn't get that it didn't go in the way that it was leading to. Right. I totally get that. I, um, I actually had to go to Midmo at one point. I mean, I wasn't there for long. I was there for a few hours, but I had done something stupid and that I had had previous experience of doing when I couldn't handle certain motions. And I had, you know, cut my arm and so I went there and you know all I sobbing the whole time all I could think about was my daughter and just ever since then I have made such an effort to work on my mental health and make sure I don't get back to that place Mm-hmm. and I'm so proud of you for that because that it it takes a strong person to do that. It, it 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 really does. And I mean, even now there are some things where like I can't stand her her being away from me or like just even I mean I like I said earlier about going out in public alone with the kids. I'm still terrified of that. But Mm -hmm. I think that's just how things are these days, too, with the way the world is right now. I'd I'd feel bad if I wasn't terrified. Exactly. It's it's not because you're in this awful mental state. It's because of all of the things that are happening in the world in general. Because I completely get that. I hate taking my kids out by myself. But that's because I'm afraid that somebody's going to kidnap me or my children. And like, I, I mean, I had depression when I was pregnant with Caroline, but at first with my pregnancy too, because of my miscarriages previously, I had so much trouble even connecting and being like, this is real. This is actually happening. Until I was actually able to feel her move. I like didn't even believe it. I. I look back and like. I don't remember. Harper for probably the first year of her life. And I was with her 24. I totally get that. That bothers me so bad I'm glad that I took as many pictures as I did or I wouldn't like have any memories because I was in right? such a and state that, of just surviving 
Exactly. I 100% get that. I look back at pic of pictures that I took of Caroline and I'm just like, I don't even remember this. Like, and I just sit and bawl. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it sucks because it's so hard to look at those pictures from where I am now to where I was then. It's like an insane difference. And from where I am now to where I was before I even got pregnant, it's like, who, who was that? I understand 1000% it's it is bittersweet and sad to look on that stuff to like look back and be like I can't remember that and that's hard like that's a hard reality and I think that a lot of moms have that but they don't talk about it I think that there are more moms out there who had postpartum depression and had no idea that they had it. I think so too. Cause I'll be, I don't, I'll be talking to somebody and they'll be like telling me their experience and they're like, but I didn't have any like postpartum depression or anything. And I'm like, sounds like you did. (laughs) (laughs) I, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you have the people out there that sci- that self-diagnose themselves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because not that I don't believe people who self-diagnose themselves with it because this bitch here self-diagnosed herself before someone else I so before somebody right. diagnosed me, I knew what I had. Right? It wasn't until this last year, like the year that we're still in, this this year, that I was told by a mm-hmm. doctor that I had it. Wow. I knew that I had it. But there are people out there that, I mean, depression and anxiety are a fad to some people. Everybody Which has it. So insane. I know. Like, please take some of mine because you can have it. Like, if you really right. want it, I if I can pull it out of me, I'll give it to you. Yeah, no kidding. Like, if 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 I could be happy much easier without putting in all of this work, I totally would. And you could put in the work. Yeah. You can take these meds, you know. And sometimes the meds still don't work. Right. So good luck. Or sometimes they give you super weird, like, side effects. My hands shake so bad. But I'm like, well, at least they're working. (laughs) I'm not like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, if I stop taking my meds and then I go back to taking them, like, three days after I start taking them, I start start getting, like, lightheaded. And I have to, like, lay down Mm -hmm. and stuff. But then, like, after two days, I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Great. I totally get that. Every sometimes I'll run out, and I'm really bad at reminding myself to refill my own meds. And then my husband will just be like, "Have you been taking your meds?" And I'm like, "Oh crap, I'm out." Yep. <laughs> Why can you? I just forget to take mine ago? in general. I've been out for a hot minute. I just need to like take it. I feel that. I 
I actually, this is such a crazy story. I got ghosted by my psychiatrist. What? Yeah, I called them, like, to get my prescription refilled, and they left me a message, and then I tried to, I, <laughs> I tried to, uh, call them over and over again, and then I, I was supposed to have a video call appointment with her, and so I sat there waiting for, like, two hours, and she never called, and I even called the office. And they're like, oh, I'm sure she'll be calling anytime. And yeah, nothing. So I was out of my meds for like two months. Oh my and God. Finally, I know. Finally, I went to my um, neurologist. I was going to her anyways, but, and she refilled my prescription for 12 months and then referred me to the psychiatry there. She's like, I'm gonna re I'm gonna refill it for twelve months because it takes so long to get in here. And I'm like, that's that's amazing. Thank you. Like you Thank have no you. idea how much I needed that. No kidding. God. That's so fucking nuts. Yeah, it was not a fun experience. I just have a hard time like either getting to see a doctor or when I get to see a doctor, they tell me I don't know what's wrong with you. Oh, I love I that. That's my, that. that's like my favorite thing. Um, all my mental health stuff is taken care of, but like my physical body stuff that I have going on. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. So I just keep getting bounced back and forth to doctors. I totally get that. I, you remember, you knew me in high school. You remember being in and out and half the time when I would have a seizure and I go to the doctor, especially if it was an ER doctor, they're like, that's not a seizure. And I'm like, please, like, who is the one that's actually going through this here? Like, Oh, my God. You're a doctor and you don't know that there's more than one type of seizure? Like, Jesus. Are you and kidding then, me? And then my, my last... No, not, it wasn't my last seizure, but my last really bad seizure, it was December 2021. So, like, Caroline would have just been conceived, but, like, just barely. Like, it wasn't able to be picked up on the test yet. Mm -hmm. And I was working at Central Bank. And I don't even remember going to work that day. Not at all. So, I had to have been seizing, like, my normal seizures, not convulsive, on the way to work, which is super scary. Yeah. Um, And then I got there. And I guess I was working in the drive-up. and. There was somebody, one of my coworkers was standing beside me and I started to like sway and she put her hand in front of me. So I didn't like hit my face on the counter. And so I fell and started convulsing. I hit my face on the milk crate that was at my feet and it broke my glasses into. And I guess they called an ambulance. All I remember is little bits and pieces of being in the ambulance. And then I woke up in the ER in Moberly. They wouldn't let my mom back there. They wouldn't let my husband back there. Oh my god! And I was terrified and alone, and then I guess um, they don't have a neurologist there, like not at all. And of course not. So I had to sign um, the papers, you know, saying I was leaving against medical, medical, whatever, so that they would let my mom take me up to where my neurologist is in Columbia. 
And then I seized while signing the papers because they wouldn't even give me Ativan. They wouldn't do anything. And had another convulsive seizure. So they had to take me to Columbia by ambulance. So I was seizing for like almost 12 hours. Jesus. In and out. Yeah. Did they ever figure so out after what that, was going I, on? Um, well, that I see I hadn't been taking my meds, which was mm. the problem. But I hadn't taken them in like almost two years either. Wow. So like I thought like I grew out of it, you know, and then afterwards my neurologist was like, No, this is not you don't have the kind you can grow out of. I'll be okay. Right. Um, cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then right after that, like a month later, I found out I was pregnant with Caroline. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's why. Because most of my seizures are caused by hormone changes. Wow. Yeah. And so, so I then- stayed home all through my pregnancy with her because I was high risk after having miscarriages in the past. And then mm-hmm. I stayed home with her until she was 11 months old. That's crazy. So I know. Were they able to put you on that medicine while you were pregnant? Um, yes, I was able to be on the seizure medicine. I'm actually still on it now um, because very, very low levels go th- of that kind go through the placenta. So luckily, I was still able to be on it. Good deal. And I didn't have a seizure the whole time I was pregnant. I didn't have another seizure until she was three months old. Wow. And that's around the time that I had to stop pumping because we breastfed for about a month and then she we were just having too much trouble. So I just was exclusively pumping. And then I went and spent, we, we went and spent a few nights at my mom's so Tanner could work and I didn't have my pump. It's like I had to stop and it was the worst. Yep. But. I remember, like, I remember having back on it now because I felt so guilty. But looking back on it now, I'm like, she's fine. It it didn't actually make a difference. (laughs) I 1000% agree. And the crazy thing, just like seeing both of my kids and like, this isn't anything scientific or anything like that. But looking at both of my kids and looking how I exclusively breastfed Harper until she was 10 months old versus breastfeeding Hazel for two months and then getting mastitis. The difference between the two is crazy. Oh, yeah. And it could just be genes. Like, a lot of it could be genes, like, especially the size of the two because they're both the same size. Mm -hmm. Harper's almost five and Hazel's two. And they are the same size. And so I'm like, like, part of me is like, oh, my gosh, did I do that to Harper? But then I'm like, I was also a really tiny child. Right. So I just get in my head sometimes about that stuff. Oh, oh, Hi, Caroline. I can't see you, but I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> She's like, no, not feeling it, Mom. She's very shy. Aww. 
What are you doing? She said, uh, Mom, I'm going to need you to, to stop talking to her. <laughs> She's like, Mom, you got to turn the camera back off. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> She's like, I didn't know there was an actual person there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh. Oh, what else did we have on there? So I kind of wanted to bring up, you had talked about how you stayed at home with Caroline for 11 months and now mm-hmm. you're back to working. I have two questions. Oh First question is, which do you like better? Did you like, I mean, both of them are hard, 1000%, but did you, would you prefer to stay at home or would you prefer to be working? Because it's different for every mom. Ooh, that's a Oh, that is such a hard question, too, because if you asked me that when I was staying at home, I'd be, like, working 100%. (laughs) Now that I'm working, oh, my gosh, I miss her so much. I completely get it. The position that I'm in at work now, um, I get to spend every day with her from the time she wakes up until, like, 3.30 when I leave for work, except for on Wednesdays. I work 12 hours. I work 11 to 11 on Wednesdays. But that's the time that she goes and stays with my mom and gets to see Mama. And because I work Sundays, so my weekends are Fridays and Saturdays. So I don't like missing out on those days with her. The only days I I get to put her in bed. So, yeah, it's a very hard question. It. I fought with going back to work for so long, but I was like, you know, I, I gotta do what I gotta do. She's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. She needs some, some more social interaction anyways, but yeah, I don't know. And when we choose to have another one, it's going to be twice as hard, but On the plus side, I absolutely love my job. I feel like this is where I'm meant to be right now, and this is something that I'm meant to do. Because honestly, it's what I thought I would do in high school was either be a teacher or uh, a counselor or, you know, whatever, something like that. And honestly, at this position, it's like all of that rolled into one. Yes. I think that it's a great job for you. And I think that in high school, I think that asking somebody what they want to do for the rest of their life is the hardest decision that anyone has to make. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because you're not even fully matured and you're like, this is a crazy question. Like I have no idea what I want to do with the rest Mm -hmm. of my life. Like, cause I wanted to be a doctor until um, I got pregnant with Harper and then I was like, man, doctors are away from their families for like a long time. Like, and if right. I'm going to go to be a doctor while I am pregnant with a baby, like I, I don't think I can do it. And here I am still helping moms. The same thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to be an OB. Right. So Just in a different way. I'm, 
It's in a different way, and I love this. I love this so much better. I don't have to see any vaginas here. <laughs> oh, that's definitely good. <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely is a loaded question. The Would you rather stay at home or rather work? Because I've done both, and I've done both many a times. I think that I think where I would thrive is having a part-time job. I would still be able to see my kids as really as much as I wanted to, and I'd still be working. Mm -hmm. And that is part of why I do the podcast. And I try to push for the podcast to at least make a little bit of income. I'm just trying to pay for groceries, guys. Like that's it, because groceries get expensive. But that's why I love doing yeah, oh this. Oh my god, yes. Is it gives me the ability to have free time with my kids, but I'm also working, I'm also doing something. I still talk to people and I love it. Um I love talking right. to everyone. I love spending time with people. Like as much as I say I'm not a people person, this bitch is a people person. I love talking <laughs> to people. So I totally get that. And and like a part of like part of my journey doing this is I want moms to have the life that they want. Like if I, if I am able to, I will give you the shirt off of my back to give you whatever you need. Exactly. Right. And that's like mom supporting moms for some reason, there's not a lot of it. There's not. And the most judgmental most people are other and moms. Sad. Yeah. Right. But no, your podcast quite literally saved my life. Like, because I was to the point where I felt so alone, so isolated, self-isolated mostly. But then I started listening to your podcast and I was just like, oh my God, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Like other people go through this stuff too. Oh, like I'm, I'm so happy to hear that we hope to, but I'm so sad that you are ever in that situation because I know how awful that feels. Yeah, it really and that's, does. That's the reason why I do this is because I remember being there and I don't want anybody else to have to be there. Right. Exactly. That's why anytime I have a friend or even somebody who's like, I mean, yes, a friend, but like, I don't get to see my friends a lot, like hardly ever yeah. now, but Anytime I have a friend that's, like, becoming a new mom or whatever, has any questions even remotely related to that, I'm, like, ask, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, that's my biggest thing. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Don't feel ashamed. Everyone goes through something like this. I think my biggest thing at this point in my life, being a mom and knowing, I mean, being through the fucking trenches of motherhood. And I'm not even mm-hmm. like halfway there. Like my kids aren't even halfway grown yet. Um, Right. Looking at new moms. God damn it, fly. Get out of here. Uh, Looking at new moms. <laughs> if you like any mom in general, like I know that there are moms listening to this. If you see a mom struggling, help her. Because the chances of her asking for help are zero. 
I remember being that prideful mom and I remember a lot of people watching me struggle. So I make it a point to where if I see a mom who's struggling, you can bet your ass I'm going to be there and I'm going to help her. Right. Like I've had friends message me and be like, I, you know, like even if it's like very vague and like, Oh, what am I trying to say? Like, like they're trying to say that, they need help but not say it yep i i i i lost my train of thought i'm not even sure what i'm trying to say now but like (laughs) i'm like well you know i i i yeah i don't know carolyn's climbing in my lap and i lost my complete train of thought (laughs) that's okay it happens i get it (laughs) i blame that on my adhd that i've self-diagnosed myself (laughs) I was already, you know, thinking about people. Because Jay has ADHD, so I've been looking into it more and looking into it in women. And I'm just like, huh, I have a, yeah. I have a lot of, I do a lot of that stuff. After just bitching about people self-diagnosing themselves, like, here I am. It's me. I know. I'm I know. a problem. Okay. <laughs> But, like, how do you go to your doctor and you're, like, like with my mental health, I'm, like, well, here's this and this and this. Like, I could list off a bunch of traumatic things that happened in my life. Like, I know that I have PTSD. I know that I have anxiety and depression. Like, I know. Here's all of the things that that contribute to that. Um, With my ADHD, I just see things on, like, TikTok that I do and that people talk about that they have it. They've been diagnosed with it. They do this. And I'm like, how do I take that to my doctor? I'm like, well, I saw this thing on TikTok. And it was like, if you do this, this, and this. And, like, I do all of those things. So, clearly, I have it. Exactly. That's my red flag. (laughs) It's the self-diagnosis. I believe for me. way too much stuff that's on TikTok. I spend way too much time on TikTok. Me too. Me too. Like I should be doing more stuff, but like TikTok has this like grasp on me. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so. then you'll be scrolling for like 30 minutes and you're like, whoa. <laughs> Didn't mean to be on here for that long. For real. For real. I got caught up reading this morning. That's why I was like gonna be late is because I still had to run to town and come back. I made it on time, even though that wouldn't have mattered because we still had technical <laughs> difficulties. Um, right. I need like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but I need like a week away from my phone. But also, I work on my phone. So, like, if anybody can, yeah. like, give me recommendations on apps that I can use to, like, lock shit. That way I can't get into it. Or, like, something to help uh, me. Do you have an iPhone? I no, I have an Android. No? Okay. Because if you had an iPhone, they have, like, screen time settings. I have to do that for myself sometimes just to lock myself out of social media at a certain time. <laughs> I really need to because, like, but at the same time, like, I say that I need to lock myself out of social media, but most of my work is through social media. I just need to, like, 
I need someone to hold me accountable and be like, Cindy, did you get your shit done today? And then they're like, right. then if I say yes, then they need to be like, prove it. Show me. Because I probably lied. <laughs> so like if anybody wants to be my accountability partner, hit me up. <laughs> oh, chill, child. Here. <laughs> so dramatic uh, girl I feel that I got three girls <laughs> every single one of them the other night I asked Tanner what he, wa- what he wants our future next one to be and he said a boy girls are too too hard or sassy and dramatic he's like i already got the girl that i wanted i only wanted one and i was like you you put that into the universe now 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 they're all gonna be girls yeah and uh the man the man decides it so (laughs) sorry we we joke that daniel can only shoot out girls that's it he just blows the ball (laughs) right off the boys so Um, Alex, do you have any tips for moms who are struggling? Um, my biggest tips would be, I, this is a very hard thing to ask because I remember how hard it was to get help. My biggest thing is just, you're not alone. A lot of us go through this, and it should be, well done, sweetie. It should be talked about more. It's crazy that it's not. It's crazy that they want us to feel so isolated and so alone, and that we're, that we're, that more they want us to think that we're we should be ashamed because we go through this and just yeah i don't it's crazy that that there is not more help for moms i agree i think that the at least in my case ob's and pediatricians need to be more, um, I think they need to be trained more on postpartum, on postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum anger, all of that. Anything postpartum, they need to be trained on it more because I think mine would have been caught fairly fast. 100%. Um, I think I think that it needs to be talked about more. That way moms aren't scared to talk about it. I think that um, being in that situation, I literally thought that nobody else went through it. And if they went through it, it couldn't be as bad as how I'm going through it. But if people knew how bad it was, they'd take my kid away. Exactly. And we shouldn't be made to think we have to feel like that. Exactly. Like, we're so alone. 
And for any mom that is going through it, whether, whether your kid is a newborn or your kid is 10 years old, like it happens no matter what age your kid is, you can still get, it might not necessarily be postpartum, but you can get postpartum like symptoms for sure. I don't know what the like term is for like older kids or whatever, but you still have those same fears and that same escalation of depression, anxiety, <laughs> anger, anything like that. So um, I think that more moms need to come out about their situations. And if you're going through it, people are stupid, okay? So I just need to make that preface before I say what I'm going to say. People are stupid and people don't pay attention. A lot of people are only worried about themselves. So a lot of people don't or won't see you struggling. Ask for help, but don't ask for help from somebody who you think's one, not going to believe you or hold it over your head, or anything like that. If you ever need someone to talk to, you can reach out to me, and I'm sure that you can reach out to Alex. Um, And we will always be there for you. And another thing that I would say is one of my biggest tips, I guess, would be take care of yourself first. Because a lot of us forget that we have to take care of ourselves in order to take care of our, our kids and our families. I know I do all the time. For sure. For sure. I think that, and I think, I know that maybe like a couple of dads listen to this, but maybe not all of them. I think that there are a lot of dads out there who need to be better. I think that the standard for men is set so low when it comes right. to taking 100%. care of their kids. I think, and it's, I let me, let me just say, I think the standard is set so high for men when it comes to working. I think that they have to bust their ass, but I think that it, the bar is set so low for them taking care of their children's that it's disgusting. I definitely agree. I mean, Tanner didn't give Caroline a bath until, like, hardly ever until I started working nights. A bath. Or put her in bed. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's so sad. And I think that I need, I think that dads need to be more, and not, this is not every dad. I am not attacking every dad because let me tell you, there are some men out there that are amazing. Okay. And they're doing, they're going above and beyond the fucking scale. And there are men who are doing just as much as moms. And that should be normal. That should be normal. A man should be doing the same thing as a woman when it comes to raising their kids. Definitely. Um, there are days that me and Daniel have good days. And there are days that we have bad days. And there are days where we're both bad parents. I mean, and it happens. I mean, some days I can't right. give all of mine and some days he can't give all of his and that's fine. Um, but I think that there are a lot of men, a lot, a crazy fucking amount of men who do nothing 
and who expect their wife to wait on them hand and foot or baby mom. I don't know. And don't do anything with the kids. And I think that needs to change because I also think that that's that that (laughs) has a lot to do with also a mom mentally not having the capacity to do what she needs to do and she needs to be there so she can do the self-care because some people don't have a village I mean I have a Mm -hmm. great one but I didn't have a good one and I think that right I think that it's a lot easier said than done when it comes to self-care because if you don't have the village but I think that a mom should always try to make time for herself. I know that it's a lot, especially when you're tired. But waking up early, staying up late, I mean, you have to have time for yourself. Because if you're if you are only living for your kids, that's not a life worth living. Unfortunately, I love my children, but I can't just live for them because one of these days they're going to leave. They, they're going to go out and have their own families. I need me. I will live with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, that is green. Good job. Orange. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> um, but yeah 100% and I think it sucks that society shows us that the bar for men like that uh, the, the, the bar for men is set so low and everything is put on moms and then people are like well you chose to become a parent or you did this you did this like so did they Right, exactly. Like, mom, it, it, they make us feel like moms can never do anything right, but dads can't do anything wrong, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I agree. I 1,000% like, agree. I think mm, I got a lot of thoughts on it. Right. Or just like, I remember a very specific conversation, which I don't remember much of when Caroline was a newborn, obviously. But I remember a very specific conversation just being like, oh, I wish I could just take a shower, like to a friend or something. And they're like, have your, have your, have your husband babysit the kids while you shower. And I'm like, that's not babysitting. No. That's not babysitting. That is parenting and the fact that you'd call it babysitting it just it's crazy daniel and i are very very uh forward and very open about the things that happened um in our relationship in the past six years we are we're very open about those types of things and one thing that we have talked about before on the podcast is that when harper was really little we didn't have a good relationship um, it was honestly, and we, we have both said this before to each other. I don't know that we have said it on the podcast before, but if Harper didn't come around, we wouldn't be together. And that's just a fact. We stayed together for her. So that first couple of years of her life, we loved each other, but we didn't like each other. And that's something that we have definitely talked about, um, 
both of us could have put in a lot more effort than we did both in our relationship mm-hmm. and on raising our children together. Um, there was a lot more turmoil than just the two of us. So we had a lot of other hands in our cookie jar. Right. So, yeah, I between totally his that. crazy baby and mom. And it doesn't help and- that. Mm. Right. And it doesn't help that society does set the bar so low for men. And yeah. So the, the, those men grow most of most men, not all, obviously most men grow up thinking that it's okay to do the bare minimum, that it's, it's not actually a bare minimum, that that's just what being a dad is. And that's sad. It is. Mm. And like, a lot of men didn't have good father figures growing up. Like Daniel did. Daniel's dad was really good. But like a lot of men didn't have good father figures growing mm-hmm. up. So they didn't know anything different than not being active in your kid's life or doing the bare minimum and letting mom do whatever else. Um, But right. that shit doesn't work for me. And I am very, I'm very vocal. I used to not be. I mean, and that was part of our problem is I would just fucking do it. I'd get pissed about it. I wouldn't say anything about it. I'd let it eat me inside until we get in an argument about something else. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you're a shit dad. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And like, instead of just being like, hey, listen, we're both in this together. Either help me or get the fuck out. So I am very vocal about those types of things, especially now, like, if I'm doing something and the kid needs something, you better get your ass in here and see what that kid needs because I'm in the middle of doing something. Right? So I am very vocal about that. Um, Daniel's very great, though. A lot of things have changed in the past six years. Um, we've really worked on ourselves. We've worked on each other. We've worked on our relationship. We've worked on parenting. Like... We went into it not knowing each other's parenting styles. Yeah, Daniel had a kid. Mm-hmm. But, like, we parent very differently. Very different. So, learning that we parent so different and figuring out how we can mutually parent together has been life-changing. Right. 100%. I totally get that. Um. Uh... Oh, I lost my train of thought again. <laughs> Caroline was saying shark, and now all I can think is shark. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm so sick and tired of listening to Baby Shark. I listen to it all the time. Oh my gosh, I know. Dinosaur, you're so smart. Oh, Laura, you're not getting in here. I've got to meet a cat meowing at the fucking window. <laughs> Trying to get in here with me. All right. I Bear, yes, I know. We have like, technically we're five minutes over, but it's fine. We've got just a couple more things, and I didn't know what you wanted to talk about. We, there's two more things left, and I didn't know if you wanted to talk about either one or if you're good or kind of what you wanted to do. Um, what What have we not talked about yet? I think uh, the miscarriage difficulties and then your favorite mom must have that you use often. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have no idea what my favorite mom must have would be, but I asked my mom, and she said a good babysitter. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> At this, like, See, day I'm and weird age, with that, though. Finding a good babysitter that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg is a fucking gym. Mm-hmm. Right. Which... My mom watches the kids now, but, like, like, it is so hard for me to trust anyone to watch them. Anyone. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a me, it's it's a me thing. It's 100% a me thing. But even, I mean, even when when they're with my mom, I have severe anxiety the whole time they're not there. They're not with me. Yep. Even though I I trust my mom 100%, but, like, when they're not with me, I... I don't even know what to do with myself. Like, I'm like, it just feels wrong. It feels like a piece of me is missing until they get back. <laughs> Aww. Not me. I'm like, and going right, into the I other had thing. enough of you. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> and going into the other, the other thing too, I think a lot of my, my feeling that way is because of my miscarriages. Yeah. Because, I mean, the first one, Honestly, I I didn't even know it was happening until after I didn't even know I was pregnant. So I thought I just oh I, I had a false po- I had a couple false positive tests and I had a heavy period, you know. Um, so that one didn't hit me quite as hard. Now my miscarriage with Whitley in 2019. And my first doctor's appointment, January 10th, two days later, I started cramping and bleeding really heavy. And that time I knew exactly what it was because a couple days before I stopped feeling nauseous. I stopped feeling tired and I, I, I just kind of knew. And, but this, like the second it actually hit my brain, I literally crumpled to the bathroom floor and just started bawling and sobbing and the sad part of it is because I was living with my mom at a time but the sad part of it is nobody there understood yeah they tried of course but mom had never went through anything like that and just was like well you know it wasn't meant to be and that I understand that now that it was well intended but it was like a knife in my gut just hearing people say that and like even tanner you know tanner he had he had a kid he he's a man he didn't really it it didn't hit him as hard as it hit me or at least he didn't let me see that which really hurt us at that time because mm-hmm. I felt so, so alone. And, like, nobody understood. Nobody, I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And then I just caved in on myself for the longest time. And then finally, I started to talk to my stepmom about it. Because she has been through that. She's been through that multiple times. And I started to be able to talk about it again. And not feel like there was the knife turning in my gut and then right. I got pregnant with Caroline 
And so every step of the way, I was absolutely terrified. I was terrified to get attached to the pregnancy for a long time. And I felt so guilty over that. So guilty. I, I, uh, was like, well, maybe if I don't get attached, if something happens, it won't hurt so much. And then she moved for the first time. Oh, and I was like, oh my God, this is real. There's a baby in there. She's moving. But, Still, throughout that, every time I would have even minor cramps, I'd be absolutely terrified. Yeah. And, my, I mean, my, my, a lot of people didn't understand that. Tanner didn't understand it. He's like, oh, you just gotta, you just gotta think positive. And I'm like, you don't understand how hard that is for me. Yeah. So, like, I didn't have a lot of support because if you haven't, A lot of people, if they haven't been through that, they just don't understand how gut-wrenching and physically and mentally painful it is. For sure. For sure. I have never been through it, and I sympathize and empathize with everybody who has because I couldn't fucking imagine. And I don't want to have to imagine. That's awful. And, yeah, it, 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 I mean, and that's why I say a lot of people, like, some people, they... To, like like you totally your leg what's wrong with your leg <laughs> that's her new thing my leg Aww. my heart my finger yeah my finger i <laughs> yeah, hear that a it's lot just... yeah and it was very isolating especially after she was here and the first week she after she was born i didn't sleep at night at all because i was absolutely horrified that terrified. she i was going to wake up and something was going to be something was going to be wrong i remember tanner driving to one of her doctor's appointments in that first week and i was just sitting in the passenger seat and my head started rolling because i was so exhausted because I just sit and hold her and watch her sleep. Yeah. Because I was like, well, if I, I remember close my eyes, days. something bad's going to happen. I remember having a lot of scary thoughts. I, we're going to have to cut short like pretty that- soon. Because my, my internet's about to die. But... <laughs> I remember specifically once I was sitting in the bathtub crying and Daniel came in and he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. I just couldn't stop crying. So I get it. All right, mamas. Well, Unfortunately, we're going to have to end this episode, but we're definitely going to have to have Alex back on so we can talk a little bit more (laughs) on a bunch of different things. I love that. So thank you so much, Alex, for joining us this week. (laughs) Yes, I loved it. It, It's good to be able to feel like you're helping, helping, maybe helping other moms. I love that. 
All right, mamas, we will talk to you next week. Bye.